God is faithful. God is faithful. The more we endure hardship, the more we see that God is faithful. You know, one thing I've noticed about miracles in the Bible is that they never happen unless there is a drastic need. Did you ever notice that? Every time there is a miracle, there is a drastic need for God to move. God is faithful. There are many things that we experience in our lives, many difficult things. Some of it is just life itself. Some of it is the enemy that tries to keep us down. But whatever the case, the answer remains the same, doesn't it? The answer is still the same. The answer is Jesus Christ the Lord. He is faithful to the end. His faithfulness endures for all generations. His faithfulness endures forever and ever and ever. There's been songs written about it and poems and over and over and over in Scripture we see God's faithfulness. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Who are the righteous? Believers, right? Those who are saved, those who believe on the name of Jesus Christ, right? The Bible says that to all who received him, to all who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right. So there's something, there's a precursor, there's a prerequisite, as they would say in college terms, right? Before you can take one class, you've got to take another class sometimes, okay? Before you can take English 102, you've got to take English 101, and so on. You get the idea. In the Bible, in that scripture, there is something that we got to do before we are called children of God, and that is receive him. Receive him. And we have to believe. We have to believe. The Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved. Praise God. Praise God. I want to tell you, you know, there's so many times in our lives that there is opportunity for us to be down, to be down on life. And if there's something that will get you down, more than likely it's bound to happen. Okay? But there's difficulty in life with our jobs, with our health, with our, our families, with whatever, ministry even, even with our faith. But if we keep our eyes, 
if we keep our eyes focused on the Lord, our shepherd, our leader, our master, if our eyes are focused on him, whatever happens in this life does not shake us. Okay? Because we are built on a firm foundation. You've all heard the story and and read the story about the man, and we've spoken about it here a number of times, about the man who built his house on the sand. How nice that would be to have a house on the sand, near the waters and the palm trees and and all, you know, your surfboard. (laughs) You know where I'm going. How nice that would be to have a house on the sand, you know, near the water. But the problem with that is when the waters raise up, when the winds blow and blow those waves and they crash against that house, that house crumbles with a mighty crash, the Bible says. But if our house is built on the rock, and it tells the story about this other man who built his house upon the rock. And the rock meaning a strong, a firm foundation. And we talked about how in in buildings today, they dig down before they build up. Okay, They dig down about four feet or so, maybe more, depending on how big the building is. And they, they fill that trench with cement, and that's called a footer. All right? And that gives the strength to that building. Okay? And then everything else is built on that footer. That footer makes that building strong and makes that foundation immovable. Okay? And then everything else is built on that. All the blocks, the flooring, everything else is, is built on that. And that prevents heaving and it prevents movement. And it makes it strong and firm. When your foundation is built on the rock of your salvation. Who is the rock of your salvation? Man, there's a song right there. How about that, huh? Who is the rock of your salvation? Jesus Christ, the Lord, is the rock. That's right. The Lord of your salvation. And if your lives are built upon the rock, there's nothing that can come that's going to knock you over because your foundation is strong. If any of you have ever bought a house, the first thing you look at is what? The foundation. I've looked at some homes before. The foundations were cracked and they were questionable. All right? Those kind of houses you don't want because later on, everything that's built on that foundation, if that foundation moves, everything else on top of it is moving with it. You can guarantee it. Your house is going to shift. But if that firm foundation is built and it's strong and it's in good shape, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what comes because that foundation is going to stay strong. All right? Now listen, even in building terms, okay, in today's world, we have earthquakes, okay? Now an earthquake will certainly shake the foundation, all right? Let's be, let's be on the same page here, okay? An earthquake will shake that foundation, 
All right? But we're talking about something different here. We're talking about our spiritual lives. All right? If our spiritual lives are built on the rock of Jesus Christ, our Savior, all of the troubles that come in life can beat against our house, our spiritual house, and it's going to stand. It's going to stand firm because our hope is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says two or three different times, Isaiah, and I think in the New Testament as well, they're quoting it, but it says, those who hope in me will not be put to shame. They will not be disappointed. Where is your hope today? Where is your hope today? We're coming up into uh, voting. It's the voting year, right? Are you putting your hope in one of the presidential candidates to right all the wrongs in our world today? Because it's not going to happen. Are you putting your hope in your job or your career to be able to carry you through your life? Jobs changed. Jobs have changed over the last 20 or 30 years here. At one time, you would be able to start with one job and then work all your life to retirement and retire from that job. It's not so much these days anymore. You may change jobs two or three times, if not more. Okay? So, again, something that at one time you maybe were able to rely on and plan on is not so reliable anymore. Parents would seem could be something that could always be relied upon and, and something that would be immovable in our lives. Sometimes parents fail. Divorce happens, and I'm not, it's not my place. I'm not judging. If you are divorced, please don't misunderstand me. Okay? Please don't misunderstand me. But it's difficult, isn't it? Can we agree on that? It's difficult for everyone involved. Okay? And so in a child's eyes, or even somebody that's within that marriage relationship, their, their whole lives sometimes are centered on that relationship. And when that relationship fails, everything else in their lives goes under. We've all seen it. We've all seen it. Our hope, our hope needs to be in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. He is the firm foundation. He is the rock. He is the rock of our salvation. And this whole beautiful book, <laughs> this, as it is called, the Word of God, this is what we build our houses with, right? Our houses, our spiritual houses are built on the rock. And if we build our house on this rock, we can, in all essence, build our families on that rock, right? We can build our marriages upon that rock. We can build our careers on that rock, Because that firm foundation 
keeps everything centered. Do you understand? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Is that Matthew 6, 33 or so? Seek first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. And all of these things, what things? Well, things we're worrying about, things we're praying about, things we're asking about. All of these other things will be added unto us as well if we what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You see, we can, we can very easily seek other things first, okay? Think about love, all right? Everyone wants somebody to love. All kinds of songs written about it. All you need is love. And, well, today, especially being Valentine's Day, all right, we think about love and we think about maybe Maybe even in our own lives, even though we, our hope is in the Lord, maybe our eyes are on someone else, okay? And so we, we, our eyes begin to focus on our mate or someone to marry. I can tell you so many times I have seen people that have been waiting and longing for someone to love and to be loved by, okay? And they're lonely. They're hurting, And finally, after praying for so many years and praying so many prayers, they give up and they say, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to go find somebody myself. And we have seen it over and over and over. And they end up connecting and falling in love with someone that is a really, really bad influence. And it corrupts all of their morals. It corrupts their faith. And pretty soon, listen, Pretty soon, they're living on somebody's porch. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) I've had a really good friend, a friend of my family. Years and years, just loved by my family. That very thing happened. That very thing happened. They gave it all up for love. And pretty soon, they're living on somebody's porch. Seriously, before God, I tell you the truth. Keep your eyes, friends. Keep your eyes on the author and perfecter, as the Bible says, of our faith. The author, the author, the one who wrote it. Keep your eyes on him. If we keep our eyes on the master, our, our shepherd, the one who cares for us, the one who leads us, as the psalm says, beside still waters, the one that restores our souls, the one that prepares a table before us in the presence of what? Our enemies. Our enemies. The one whose rod and staff comforts us. Keep our eyes on that one. Because anything else, anything else has potential to let you down. Your business, your friends, your loved ones, your government, and and the list goes on and on and on and on. 
Each of them has potential to let you down. Your pastor. Yeah. I heard yesterday, I heard yesterday in my own living room, a guy telling me, he said, I used to go to such and such a church. I'm a born-again Christian. And he said, the pastor, there was something about him that was not right. He said, I couldn't put my finger on it, but it always seemed like he was putting everybody else down. I said, okay, well, that happens. You know, that happens. And he says, one day I was out and I saw the pastor eating at a restaurant with one of the deacon's wives. And he said, wow, that really just floored me. And he says, I knew something was not right. And he said, it wasn't long after that that it came out that the pastor had an affair with one of the deacon's wives. When that happens, everything just... So even myself, even a pastor or a leader of some sort can let you down. So don't put your eyes on me. Don't put your eyes on other people because there is potential there to let you down. God God knows that I pray that I never fall because if I fall, it's an expensive failure. You understand what I'm saying? Because it affects all of you. It affects my family. But I'm telling you this because I want your eyes not on me, but your eyes on the leader, the author and perfecter of our faith. The Bible says to work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. You ever hear the name Kierkegaard? Any of you philosophers out there? Kierkegaard wrote a a book called Fear and Trembling. Some pretty interesting stuff in there. And he is very, doing that very thing. He's working out his faith and all these questions, things that he's thinking about and, and questioning and, and doubting even, but he's expressing it and he's trying to work it all out. It's kind of interesting. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't ever think you got it all together. The Bible says, be where you stand lest you fall. When you think you got it all together, watch out. Watch out. Our hope. Our hope is in the Lord. I, we've talked about this a number of times. I believe that there are difficult things coming. I believe that it's spoken of in the Bible. Okay? Matthew 24. Revelation, Ezekiel. There's difficult things that are coming in the world in which we live. Okay? And it's going to be uncomfortable. And if our eyes are not firmly planted on the Lord Jesus Christ, then the difficulties that come in our lives will cause us to be shaken enough even to the point to where our faith could be put aside in order to save our lives. Okay? Now, these are difficult things to hear. In the world that we live in, we can do whatever we want. Whatever we want. 
It's hard to believe that those days may be coming. Okay? And it is. And if, if you try to fit the picture of things that maybe you've seen in the movies, which not, are not necessarily accurate, but if you try to fit those things into the world in which we live in today, you're like, how can that ever happen? How can that ever happen? You know? But because of the Word of God, and, and you know what? It's debatable how much of it we're going to have to endure as believers and followers of Christ. However, however, <laughs> whether you're pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib, wherever that finds you, okay, our hope is still right here. Okay? Whether God takes us home before we endure any of the bad stuff, hallelujah, great for us. We don't have to endure anything. Or we have to endure some of it, or we have to endure all of it. Our response changes not. Our response is still to follow Christ. Follow Christ. Our hope is still in Christ, regardless of where we stand. Don't ever, don't ever let that conversation end without that point being brought up brought up, okay? Because even amongst, especially amongst people of faith, that is a hot topic, wouldn't you say? It's easy to get in an argument about how much we're going to, the church is going to have to endure. And, and then the focus becomes who's right or who's wrong. It don't matter. It doesn't matter because our stance, our hope remains in Christ alone. Christ is our guide. The Bible says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. God's word is our flashlight. It's our lantern as we're walking the dark paths of our lives. I think that's Psalm 119, isn't it? Something? Yeah. God's Word illuminates the path for us to take. There's many times in Guatemala when we're walking at night and there's no road, there's no sidewalk, there's just a footpath oftentimes. And there's roots and there's ruts and there's mud and there's rocks. And it's difficult to travel sometimes at night. And it's difficult to walk. But if you can see where you're going, you're okay. If you can't see, if you have no flashlight, it is dangerous. And you could potentially get hurt. Okay? But if you have a light, you can see where to go. You can see what things to avoid. Yeah? You can see if you need to go around. You can see if you need to go over. And so on. God's Word does that very thing in our lives. Are you looking to the Word? I think in many cases, we have grown lazy. And I, I battle it myself, friends. We are content to live our lives without daily 
looking to the Word of God. That takes training and that takes discipline. That takes training and discipline. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to start with, let's just throw a number out there. Let's say five minutes. Five minutes. As a young man waiting for the bus, eating my Cheerios. (laughs) Am I painting a picture for you? (laughs) As I'm sitting at the table, that's how I started. Five minutes. However long I was eating at the table, that's the amount of time I spent reading the Word before anything else happened that day, before I got on the bus and started my day. And to this day, the Word of God is a daily piece of something that I need. Something that we need. It's it's like food to me. Jesus said, I am the bread of what? Life. I am the bread of life. He's sustenance for us. We feed on him. We feed on his word. If we don't know, friends, listen now. If we don't know the word of God, okay? So let's, let's go back even a step further from that. How can we know the word of God unless we read it? Okay? We can hear it preached as we're doing here today together. That is excellent. All right? That's great. But it's not enough. It's not enough. How can we know the Word of God? How can we know the voice of God unless we're in prayer? How can we know unless we're hearing or listening? Knowing the voice of God is something that is is essential for the life of a believer. How are we going to learn to know His voice Know when he's speaking to us if we're not listening. All right? If I was to call you on the phone out of the blue and just say, hey, what's going on? And you'd you'd be like, not much. You kind of pause for a little bit. Wait for me to say something else. Why? Because you're trying to figure out who I am. And so you listen a little bit longer. What are you doing today? I'm watching TV. I'm doing some laundry. (laughs) And each time you're waiting a little, so you're hearing, you're listening, and you're trying, you're fishing for information that's going to tell you who it is that's speaking to you, correct? All right? You're listening to different intonations in my voice, different things that I might say to you that would, oh, okay, I know who this is now, okay? Because sometimes we don't want to admit we don't know who it is, (laughs) okay? But it's the same. It's the same. How are we to ever know the voice of God unless we're listening for him? How are we to know the voice of God unless we're conversing with him? You know, that's what prayer is. Prayer is conversing with God. Sometimes you feel like, oh, geez, I can't pray out loud. I do. Can you talk? Yeah, I can do that pretty good. Okay. Could you talk to a friend? Yeah, I could do that. It's God. He's your heavenly Father. All right? Ain't got to be perfect. Ain't got to be pretty. It's got to be done. Knowing the voice of God, essential, essential. Do you know the voice of God? The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. 
They know my voice. They can tell when I'm calling them. And we've had this analogy before that in in years past, back in Jesus' time, they had this thing called a sheep pen. All right? At the outside of the city gates, there was this big, massive pen, and all of the sheep would be put in that pen, thousands. And each shepherd would go on and do what he needed to do, and then they would come back, and they would call their sheep by what? By name. They knew all of their sheep, 20 or 30 or 40, how many ever they had. They knew them by name. And my sheep, Jesus says, know my voice. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? Do you know what he says? Can you recognize his voice from somebody else's? Because listen, if you can't, You are vulnerable to be led astray. You are vulnerable to be led astray. And so, when we hear, when you hear me preach, when you see things on TV, when you hear candidates speaking, when you hear all these things, in your mind, you got to get to a place where you're lining it up with what the Word of God says. Okay? Because... If you don't know the Word of God, how are you going to know what's right and what's, what's wrong? How are you going to know if it's something that God says or if it's not? It's easy to be led astray. All of our hope lies in Christ Jesus, our Lord, from today till the end of our lives. Your hope is in Christ Jesus. Through all of the difficulties in our lives, we we make plans for our days. But the Bible says the outcome belongs to the Lord. Okay? So we can plan our lives. I don't handle necessarily very well when the plans that I make don't go the way I planned. Yesterday was one of those days. (laughs) This morning, as a matter of fact, was one of those days. (laughs) But I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm getting better. And I'm learning to say things like, God, help me to overcome any and all obstacles that I may face today. Help me to trust in you. Help me to notice when you're leading me someplace else. Help me to notice when you're bringing somebody across my path that you want me to speak to. Like this man that ended up in my living room yesterday. It was not my plan, and it sure wasn't his. (laughs) But he was there. Would you stand with me today? I don't know what you may be going through in your lives. I know that it's no accident that you're here today. I know that it's no accident that you're hearing this very word this morning. But I want you to know that there's hope. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your family, for your kids. There's hope for your job. 
There's hope for our country. There's hope for your health in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's, let's close in a word of prayer this morning. I wonder, would you just bow your heads this morning? Would you just close your eyes? I wonder if there is something specific on your heart today. Something that you just feel overwhelmed about and you feel like it's beyond hope. And whatever face that takes in your life, whatever that looks like, looks like we can lay that down instead of carrying that burden. We can lay it down at the feet of the cross, as it were, and ask for our shepherd, our master, to take those things and carry them for us. Paul says, I know in whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to take that which I have entrusted to him until that day. Paul was trusting in Christ Jesus. Is there something that's on your heart this morning, whether it's a family member or whether it's a situation, whatever the case may be, is there something that you're carrying around as a burden and the weight of it is nearly more than you can bear and you're not sure where to go with it or what to do with it? You have an opportunity this morning to come to the altar and to lay those things down, to lay down that burden and allow the Lord to carry that for you. As we sing this song, if there's something that's on your heart, maybe something that you've been praying about for a long time or something that is just causing you to worry, just come, just come forward. We're a family here. You don't need to be embarrassed. Just come and lay that down. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's a child, a marriage, a work situation. Who knows? Ministry. Come, lay these things down at the foot of the cross. Praise the Lord. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul.
around the burden any longer. God wants to work in your heart and in your life. Let's sing that chorus one more time. One more time. I lift my pray together. Those of you who are in your seats, if you just reach your hands out to those that are at the altar this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. We just pray, oh God, that you would meet the needs of each and every person that is here at this altar today. We pray, oh God, that you would reach into their lives. We pray, oh God, that you would carry that you would carry this burden for them, O oh God, that you would answer the prayers that they have brought to you today. I pray that you would build their faith, O oh God. Build their foundation, O oh Lord Jesus. That that foundation would be built upon you this day, we pray. We pray that you would bring peace, O oh Lord, to the situations that they have brought before you, O oh God. And I pray for their if there are any of those that have stayed in their seats this morning, God, you know right where they are. We know that you're able to reach them right where they are. And I pray for each and every person that has a need this morning. I pray that you would meet that need, oh God, according to your perfect will. Lord, we pray that you would help us, God, to carry the light of your Holy Spirit into this world. And that we would represent you well, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you. I'll see you guys next week. God bless you.